Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Wow, I'm a little overwhelmed this morning just hearing about the missions and just thank you for Ed for just uh, doing the children's blessing this morning. Just wow, God is good. We're just we're just blessed. Just so blessed and and yes, uh, just I'm finally glad the cat's out of the bag. So I felt like I was like almost fibbing to some of you guys. Like, where is Joy? What is going on with her? I'm like, well, she's, I think she's just a little tired, which was true. So I was trying to stay within the realm of truth. She is tired. <laughs> and, but yeah, I'm just overwhelmed. God is, is so good. So I, I heard somewhere that laughter is good medicine, amen? It's in the Bible, right? Laughter is good medicine. And science actually figuring that out now. They actually prescribe people certain illnesses. They say, you need to just laugh. It takes set, set some time in your week to just have good laugh times. And it's actually because science is showing that actually people are getting like healthy and like healed when they just like spend time laughing. So anyway, so we're going to laugh a little bit this morning. I've got a, a few pictures for you. So just put up the first picture. This is when you realize summer is coming and your winter body has gotten out of control. <laughs> that baby's so cute. Not, not quite as cute as the macaroni baby. Not quite, but, but it's, get, it's almost. So let's go to the next one. This one, I just laugh so hard. Carpet so clean, human still thinks I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I laughed so hard when I first saw this. <laughs> I showed it to Joy and I just couldn't even hold it together. And she was like, yeah, it's kind of funny. I was like, no, there's a dog there. You don't see him. <laughs> and uh, one more, when, you, when church is over and you're trying to leave, but your mom keeps talking. <laughs> that, that was me when I was a kid. My dad especially was a long talker. I was like, dad, let's go. Uh, so anyway, it's good to laugh. <laughs> oh, man, put up the dog one one more time. One more time. <laughs> one more time. There he is. You can't, you can't see him. It's a carpet. <laughs> All right, well, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you that we can laugh in church and it's okay. God, we just thank you that... Um, your son Jesus was filled with the oil of gladness beyond all of his companions. We know that that means that he was always the happiest person in the room. And so, God, we want to be more like your son Jesus, just full of joy. So, God, we just pray that our minds are going to be renewed today, God, that you're just breaking strongholds off of us, breaking every religious stronghold. God, that we're able to enter into the joy of the Lord and that you're just doing something in each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, last week I gave a, a prophetic word um, that you're in the right place at the right time. And uh, many here are experiencing a uh, season shift, like some, things are changing. It's funny, it's all over uh, our church, like there's a season shift happening. And for some of you, it doesn't look like it's going to be good. It looks like it's a negative like season shift. And I just want to declare to you that God is actually using this season shift this time to bring into your life the things that he's been trying to get into your life. And so the season shift that's happening, um, I want you to get your hopes up. And I want you to be expecting God to do amazing things. And I felt like I was praying into this this week, and I felt like it's, it's both spiritually and in the natural, like things around you. So be expecting like spiritual upgrades in this season. 
Be expecting upgrades with the Holy Spirit, upgrades in your prayer time, upgrade in your revelation and your Bible reading time, and be expecting promotion and blessing around you. It's funny, I announced that last week when I went back and listened to it, I was like, I, I said the word promotion. And somebody came up to me after church and he goes, I just got a promotion, like an unexpected, like big promotion. He was so excited. But be expecting promotion in this season. Be expecting this shift to turn to something good, even if it doesn't look good. Amen? So if it seems like you're getting set back, I want to tell you it's not a setback. It's a setup for God to do something big. Amen. So you're entering into a season of blessing, and that's the title of this message this morning, Season of Blessing. So expect in this next season to see dreams fulfilled. So in Genesis chapter 37, we have the story of Joseph, and Joseph has some powerful, amazing dreams, right? He has these amazing dreams of just greatness, and, but one of the things is not everybody was excited about his dream, right? Not everybody was excited as, as he was. In fact, they um, rebuked him for having these dreams. He was actually rebuked. Have you ever had passion? And maybe, maybe it's been a few years, but you just had this dream and just passion, and you felt like almost rebuked by other people. Like, what are you talking about? Like, who do you think you are? And sometimes we get that just from going through this world, and it kind of knocks us back. And we're like, oh, yeah, maybe that was stupid. Maybe I shouldn't dream. Like, maybe that was like, maybe I am thinking of myself too much. So he had these dreams, and uh, people weren't excited for him, and uh, I know that we've all felt like that. And soon after the dream, things start to happen to him that look like major setbacks, and they look like, it looks like actually the opposite is, is going to happen. So he has these dreams of greatness, but what looks, everything around him looks like the opposite is happening. So sometimes you may feel like I have this dream or I have this vision, but so many things in my life look like the opposite has happened or is happening. And that might be where you're at right now. It's like, yeah, I, I want to grab onto that word that this is a season of blessing, but it, my season, like what's happening around me, it does not look like blessing. So I just want to declare to you to expect it to turn into blessing like it did in Joseph's life. And so I want to challenge you and dare you to hope and dream again, specifically for this season that God is bringing you into fulfilled dreams. So an interesting thing about Joseph is that he was his father's favorite. He was his father's favorite son. Did you know that you're the father's favorite son? Did you know that you're the father's favorite daughter? You might be like, how, how can that be? How can we all be favorites, right? You know, I have four children. Number five's cooking. It's on the way. I told my wife this morning, I said, you're a good cooker. I just, you can, it's a double meaning there. You're a good cooker. Cook that, cooking that baby. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> and uh, so I have four children, and I'm going to tell you something today. If you guys promise not to tell anybody, if it stays in this room. I'm going to tell you which, which child is my favorite, okay? Can we keep it in this room? Okay. Okay, my daughter, Tia, she is absolutely amazing. And she's just gorgeous. She's super smart. She's good at everything that she, she puts her mind to. And she's my favorite. She's my favorite. She's completely my favorite. And then my son, Rannon, he's 10. He just like loves Jesus so much. He has this big heart for Jesus. 
and he just loves other people and he's happy to see other people do well and he's my favorite. He's absolutely my favorite. And then I have another son, Ethan, and he just keeps us constantly laughing at home. <laughs> Never a dull moment. It's just constantly laughing and he's just so strong. He's got this powerful, strong will and he's my favorite. He's just my favorite. He's wonderful. And then Evan, our two-year-old little boy, he just brings such joy to my heart. He gives me these huge hugs every morning when he wakes up. He runs to me and gives me these big, huge hugs and just fills my heart with joy. And he's my favorite. They're all my favorite. They're all my favorite. And this new baby is going to be my favorite. They're all my favorite. And I want to tell you, you're God's favorite. How can the, all my kids be my favorite? Because I love all of them wholly and completely. You can't add to complete. Complete is complete. God loves you wholly and completely, and you're his favorite. You're his favorite. Angela, you're God's favorite. You're God's favorite. <laughs> Ed, you're God's favorite. But you're everybody's favorite, actually. <laughs> Amen. You're God's favorite. You can grab onto that. Boldly approach the throne of grace knowing, I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. It's not arrogant. You can say, I know that I'm God's favorite. I'm in Christ, and I'm God's favorite. The word grace means unmerited favor. In Christ, you're his favorite because he loves you completely. So let's read a few scriptures in Genesis chapter 3, I believe we have them for the screens. So some context is this is right before Joseph is going to be thrown into a pit and, and sold into slavery. This is the verses right before that happens. So it's Genesis 37. We're going to read about five verses, verse 12, verses 12 through 17. It says, then his brothers went to pasture their flock in Shechem. Israel, who's Jacob, his father, said to Joseph, are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. And he said to him, I will go. Then he said, then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem. A man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. Then the man said, they have moved from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. How many know every detail in the Bible has significance? Every single detail, every name, every city name, every little in-between passages that you're like, what is, what is, why, why is that even there? Is that necessary? Everything in the Bible has meaning and actually speaks to us about the nature of God. He's a really good steward and he wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. So when, when he was inspiring these, these men to write scripture, he wasted not, nothing. Every detail has significance. So the man in the field, it's interesting, when I was reading this this week, I'd never caught that. I kind of missed that. You know, when I, when I thought about the story of Joseph, I thought about his dad sent him, and then he found his brothers, and they threw him in a pit. I always miss this section here that says he was wandering in the field, and they weren't where they were supposed to be. They were actually 
not where his dad had sent him. And this guy says, yeah, they're not here. They've moved from here and they've went to, they moved from Shechem and they've went to Dothan. So that really doesn't mean much until you realize what these places represent. This is so awesome, so interesting. So Shechem, this is where they were supposed to be and they, they had moved on from there. So Shechem is the place where Abraham pitched his tent and built his first altar in the promised land and received his first divine promise from God. And God said to him, this is the first promise he gave to Abraham, I'm giving this land to your descendants. So Shechem represents a promised land. Here too, Jacob dug a well, which bears his name to this day, Jacob's well. And, and by the way, Jacob's well is still there today, to this day. And it's a land that also represents, Shechem represents God's provision. This city is even mentioned in connection with Jesus's conversation with the woman at the well. She said, our father Jacob gave us this well. She was at Jacob's well. Our father Jacob gave us this well. In this passage, we see the grace and redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Shechem, Shechem's modern name is Nablus, and it's said to be a city of unrivaled beauty. So Shechem represents a land of promise, a land of provision. It represents grace, redemption, and beauty. So here's what's interesting. They left that land, the place where they were supposed to be. They decided to leave there, and they went to Dothan. Dothan has a very simple meaning. It means this, the law. Dothan means the law. This is the place where Joseph's brothers sold him as a slave. The man said, your brothers have left Shechem and they've went to Dothan. They were supposed to be in Shechem, but instead they went to Dothan. So Jacob's brothers left the land of promise, provision, grace, redemption, and beauty and went to the law. You know, I touched on this last week, but it's so important in our life to keep a soft heart to keep a soft heart. Joseph's brothers had become jealous. They become jealous and they become angry over him. And when our hearts become hard with anger, jealousy, unforgiveness, strife, we leave the land of grace and we enter into the land of the law. We become judgmental. We, we, we look at people in a certain way and we're judging them. And, and the, the sad thing about this is when you start to let that angerness and, and jealousy, all those things like sit in your heart, the sad thing is you're, you're judging others, but eventually that judgment gets turned against you because you start putting yourself against this standard that can never be measured up to. So you leave the land of grace it's so important to keep a soft heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. So God wants to bring us into the land of promise, provision, grace, redemption, and beauty, and he's bringing us into a season of blessing. But what do we need to walk into this new season? You know, in this new season, we can't do business as usual. In this new season, God's promoting us spiritually and he's raising us up because in this new season, we're gonna have to have a renewed mind and some things differently to be able to sustain what God is giving us. So what do we need in this new season? God wants to give us the tools that we need to sustain the blessing that he has in store for us. So three things I wanna talk about this morning that we need to let go of and three things that we need to pick up. Three things that we need to let go of and three things that we need to pick up. So number one, 
And this new season, as we're, as we're going into promotion, as we're going into blessing, as we're in expectation, we need to let go of unworthiness. We need to let go of unworthiness. When you feel unworthy to step into your blessing, you will self-sabotage. You will do this without even realizing it. You will be sabotaging things if you don't feel worthy. And so God wants to break off unworthiness and he wants you to let go of unworthiness and he wants you to pick up and step into worthiness in this new season. You know, Saul, one of the things, one of the things that went majorly wrong with Saul is he had unworthiness. God chooses Saul as the first king of Israel, but because of insecurity, jealousy, and unworthiness, he sabotages the plan that God has for him. He sabotaged the plan that God had. Why was, just, why was Saul so jealous of David? Why was he so jealous? This guy, David would have served him without fail to the day he died. Like David loved the king. He actually loved him. David actually called Saul his father. He actually called Saul like, this is my father. When Saul said, after he killed Goliath, Saul said, you're not living at home anymore. You're coming to live with me. And Saul called him his son. He said, you're going to be my son. And David said, you're my father. David loved Saul. He would have served him like endlessly. But Saul became jealous because of his own insecurity, because of his own unworthiness. So it's time to step into worthiness. I want to read you a scripture, and I want you to let this sink in this morning. It's Psalm 8, 5, and it says, You have made him, this is speaking about you, you have made him a little lower than God, and you've crowned him with glory and majesty. This scripture's about you. You've made him, talking about God, God has made him, mankind, a little bit lower than God, and he's crowned him with glory and majesty. You are crowned with glory and majesty. You know, we say often, give give God glory. We say that in worship sometimes. Can you give something that you don't have? No, God has given you a measure of glory so that you have it to give. You can give God glory because he's given you glory and majesty. He's crowned you with it. Don't ever let people's negative opinions about you determine your worth. God determined your worth when he paid the price of Jesus Christ for you. Something is always worth the price that someone's willing to pay. And God paid it all. He didn't give you a small gift. He didn't pay a small price. He paid the most precious price he could pay. His own son, Jesus Christ, our precious Jesus. Don't let another person's opinion, negative opinion about you determine your worth. God determined your worth when he gave Jesus for you. And you're crowned with glory and majesty. You're royalty. You're royalty. It's, it's time for us to let go of that feeling of unworthiness and pick up worthiness. You know, I'm just reminded as I'm standing here that when we built this, this wall that you see back here, the, all this wood, we came in one day. This was, what, two or three years ago now? two and a half years ago, something like that. And it was uh, four of us working on this wall. And, and just that day, my scripture that I was just meditating on was, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And so I was just meditating in my mind as we're doing this work, just building this wall. And all day long, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And something like started to switch in my spirit. I started to feel like royalty. I started to feel like, wow, I'm, I'm actually royalty. It's really true. And, and not only did I feel like royalty, I felt like 
the other three people I was working with, I was like, wow, we're all like righteous kings. Like just here, just humbling ourselves, building this wall, but we're all like righteous kings working together. But God wants us to step out of unworthiness and into identity, into worthiness, knowing who we are in Christ. And I just want to tell you this morning, you're worthy of blessing. You're worthy. You know, if you don't feel like you're worthy of blessing, you will reject blessing. You will self-sabotage. You're worthy of blessing. You're worthy of peace. You're worthy of joy. You are worthy of seeing your dreams fulfilled. God put them there. And he wants to bring them to pass. You are worthy of love. In Christ, you are worthy. You're God's favorite. You're God's favorite. So one of the things we want to leave is unworthiness. And we want to step into worthiness. Number two, we want to leave behind in this next season when we're transitioning into the things that God has for us, we want to leave behind old mindsets. And we want to pick up the renewed mind. We're going to leave behind old mindsets, old way of thinking, old way of doing things. You know, some, some, sometimes things happen, you know. I was just reminded some, uh, this week and something happened. And I kind of had to start laughing because I remembered how I used to react to that situation. And I was like, wow, God's renewed my mind. Because I remember where I used to go in that situation, and I used to go with this certain discouragement or, or pattern of behavior, but I was able to just quickly go, ha ha. <laughs> and that's what God wants to do. He renews your mind and you're able to sustain more things. I love what Steve Backlund says. He says your load-bearing capacity is based on your level of, of hope and joy. So the more hope, the more we renew our mind, the more hope we have, the more joy we have, the more that we can actually take on and handle so we want to let go of the old way of thinking, the old mindset. We want to pick up the renewed mind. Israel could not enter into their promised land with the old mindset in place. God really wanted them to get there. He really did. He wanted them. He was trying everything he knew to get them there. But they could not get it. They could not enter with that old slavery mentality. They just couldn't get there. They just mentally kept saying, let's go back to Egypt. You imagine this. They're like, let's go back to slavery. That, that was better than this. They kept trying to actually go back and God's like, no, we want, I'm trying to get you to your promised land. And you know, we kind of laugh at them sometimes, but how many times have we had an issue or a struggle in our life that we're starting to get some freedom from, but then we go right back to it. It's the same thing that, that Israel did. And so the new generation, it took a whole new generation of people being born that weren't born in slavery. Those were the ones that, went into the promised land because they couldn't get their mind out of that slavery mindset. So we need to renew our minds in this new season. You can't take the old mindset into the new season. Romans 12, 2 is one of my favorite, favorite verses. I have a lot of favorite verses, kind of like children. I have a lot of favorite children. Romans 12, 2, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I always like to have a little fun with this scripture. It, it doesn't say be transformed by trying harder. It doesn't say be transformed by putting more on your to-do list. 
Be transformed by working more, pressing in. No, it says, be transformed by renewing your mind. Mind renewal. How do we renew our minds? How do we take on the mind of Christ? This happens by rejecting the lies of our old mindsets and believing truth. This is how we renew our mind. We're going to reject the lies that the enemy is throwing at us and the, the lies of our old mindsets, and we're going to believe truth. By the way, the enemy's only weapon against you is lies. Look at the garden. What was the very first weapon he used against Adam and Eve? Lie. Lie. They couldn't discern that it, he was actually lying to them. So as you grow close to the Lord, as you discern his voice more and more, and as you, you know, just spend time with him, you'll get to discern his voice. By the way, his, his word says, my sheep hear my voice. Everybody here can hear his voice. Have that confidence. I'm God's favorite and I hear his voice. Have that confidence when you read his word. I'm going to hear something from you. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, I don't read the Bible with any particular like time frame. He goes, I read until God speaks. And that's, that's a great way to read the word. But just ask God when I, before I open the Bible or when I open the Bible, I just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And I just begin to read and I expect to hear from God. So the enemy, his weapon against you is lies. And the more we know the character of God, the quicker we can discern a lie. And we can just, oh, wow, that's actually not true. That was kind of what happened this week <clears throat> is that lie came and I was like, oh, that's not true. Because that lie, I would grab onto it in the past and it would take me down discouragement, grumpiness, all kinds of negativity. But I was actually able in that moment, like, oh, wow, that thought pattern is actually not true. And I just was able to keep in my peace. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's truth. It's believing truth that sets you free. So we got to leave the old, that's funny, what we were talking about this morning, Angela left. We were talking about, oh, there you are. We're, I just thought of this, but we were talking about, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s, this is, man, I hope this is relatable to some people. It just came to mind and maybe it was, a, maybe it was just me, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. But just like, you know, we grew up uh, with the no pain, no gain. You know, remember Arnold, no pain, no gain. You know, you got to, and what he literally meant was when, you, when you're working out, you have to like go until you absolutely can't anymore. And it's called failure, going till failure when you can't lift anymore. And actually the new science says, don't do that. <laughs> we were just talking about this morning. The new science says you should always have, you should always leave the gym with plenty of energy, with, with feeling like you could have done way more. That's actually more healthy and you actually build muscle quicker because, I won't go into, won't go into the, that anymore. But what was I going to relate that to? <laughs> trying harder. That mindset. We have this mindset sometimes that we've got to try harder and try and try and try and try. But the Bible doesn't say be renewed by trying harder. It says be renewed. Be, have your mind renewed by believing truth. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. Didn't know I was going to be talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger this morning. Being a Christian isn't about trying to do more good things and less bad things. 
a lot of people think that's what being a Christian is, is I'm going to try to do more good and less bad. Being a Christian is about renewing your mind and beginning to think like God and see situations like God. Then the kingdom of heaven just flows through you automatically by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you start to see things like God, you start to think like God, you're positioning yourself in line with heaven for the kingdom of heaven to just pour through you. That's why it's not about trying harder because you can't do it on your own. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's when I align my mind with the Father and he just pours his kingdom of heaven through me. So I loved hearing, I love hearing those testimonies about miracles and people that went on that trip. I guarantee you that they were expecting to see miracles. Why? Because God's a miracle God. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He's the healer. And so when you expect to see miracles, you're putting your mind in line with heaven and God's going to pour miracles through you. That's why your declaration is so powerful. Like, God, you're a miracle working God. Today, I'm going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers. That's a great confession. Today, I'm going to see your kingdom come through me because you want to heal. Every place I go, you want to heal somebody. You want to touch somebody. You want to encourage somebody. It starts with just aligning your thinking with heaven. By the way, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. It doesn't say you, you're trying to get it. It says you already have it. So we're coming into reality and seeing that manifest in our life with that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. You guys okay this morning? Don't ask God, what am I doing wrong? A better question, a must, much better question is, God, what am I believing wrong? What am I believing wrong? Because your actions are only a result of what you believe. Adam and Eve did what they did in the garden because they believed the lie. If they were just like, ha, 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 they would have never given in to that lie. They believed a lie and they sinned. So don't ask God, what am I doing wrong? Ask God, what am I believing wrong here? Especially with things you're like, man, why do I keep tripping on this thing? Why do I keep going back to it? And we tend to like, well, I'm going to try harder and make a to-do list. And I'm going to, and it's like, instead of that, it's like, God, what am I believing wrong? And he just starts to speak to you. And he'll, he'll identify that lie. And once your mind is renewed, you'll stop going back to that old thing. We, we somehow think that we're getting something from this old thing. And that's part of the lie that God starts to break in our life. We're like, wow, that's actually death. Wow, I thought it was life. It's death. So in the new season that God is taking us into, we need to leave behind old mindsets. And we need to pick up the renewed mind. How do you renew your mind? Reject lies, believe truth. Spend time with God, know his character. And lies become really quick to identify. When you know God's character, you're like, no, I know that's not true. I know that's not true because I know my God. Amen. Right believing leads to a mind that's in line with the kingdom of heaven. And then as we believe like Jesus did, the glory of God will flow through us. So things that we need to let go of, we need to let go of unworthiness. We need to pick up worthiness. We need to let go of old mindsets and we need to pick up the renewed mind. And, and lastly, we need to let go of being earthly minded and we need to become heavenly minded. Colossians 3 says this, verses one and two. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, by the way, everybody here has been raised up with Christ. The Bible says we died with Christ and we are raised up with Christ. If you've been raised up with Christ, 
Keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Ephesians 2.6 says, we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. Now, I know that's sometimes hard for us to grasp because it's like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm seated in a chair in Awaken Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona. But that's where your physical body is. But your spirit, the moment that you said yes to Jesus, became connected to Jesus Christ in heavenly places. And I can't explain it, but your spirit is right now connected and seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. That's why we can bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's why we can think from a place of, of a heavenly perspective is because that's where our spirit is, seated with Jesus. You can just close your eyes and just realize the truth is that I'm actually seated right with Jesus in heavenly places and start to ask Jesus questions. Jesus, what should I do? What's your perspective on this situation in my life? And he'll begin to just have a conversation with you. Or seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. So we need to let go of an earthly mindset and become heavenly minded. You know, a lot of times as Christians, we get, oh man, Lord, should I go there? No. <laughs> okay, inside joke with myself, sorry. No, not going to go there today. We need to seek heaven's perspective. In every situation, not an earthly perspective. When, we, when we're stuck in this earthly perspective of the world, earthly perspective of, of what's happening, we can become really discouraged. I, I love, I heard Bill Johnson say once, and it encouraged me. He said, I'm five minutes away from discouragement at any moment. Because all I have to do is start stinking thinking. All I have to do is start letting my mind go there to that earthly perspective. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How's this going to work out? What is this going to look like? And he said, I'm five minutes away from discouraged at any moment. <laughs> and it just, it just helped me because I was like, well, I guess I'm not alone because I'm also five minutes away from discouragement at any moment if I let my mind go there. So renewing our mind is we don't let our minds go there. I love Levi said one time, he goes, you know, as we're renewing our mind, we, we don't want to expect perfection from ourselves because we're never going to, you know, uh, have perfection until we're in the presence of Jesus in heaven. But he said, you know, you want to celebrate small victories as you're renewing your mind. He said, if, you know, if your neighbor would scowl at you and you'd be discouraged for two weeks because your neighbor scowled at you, he goes, maybe you're renewing your mind. And then the next time your neighbor scowls at you, you're only discouraged for one week. And he's like, yes, celebrate that. <laughs> That's progress. And, and honestly, that's, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's true. Like I, I've seen myself go into situations where I'm like discouraged for an hour and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? What, what, what lie did I believe? And I start to just, God, show me what lie I'm believing. And he just starts to speak to me and I just come right back into peace. And before that lie, would, I'd be, I could be stuck for weeks. I could be stuck for days in discouragement because I just kept believing this lie and didn't ask God, God, what am, what am I believing wrong? What happened? What happened to my peace? By the way, when you get used to experiencing God's peace, you'll be aware when it's gone. <laughs> That's why experiencing God's peace is, it's an amazing thing because as soon as you lose it, you're like, what happened? What lie did I just grab onto? It's the enemy's tool is lies. So we want to let go of the earthly mindset Fix your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. See situations from your place with Jesus Christ in heaven, seated in heavenly realms with him. 
See your family from that place. God, show me my family from your perspective. Show me my, this tough situation I'm going through. What's, what do you see in this situation? See your situations from that place. See your life from that place. The enemy always wants us stuck in earth's perspective, but God is calling us into higher thinking in this season. Since 2 Kings, there's a story about Elisha and his servant, and they're surrounded by an army. A whole entire army is coming after one man. From Earth's perspective, things looked really bad for Elisha. From Earth's perspective, this is like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Like, this is it. We're not making it out of this one. If you've ever seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, the end scene. It's like, this, this is it. So he's surrounded by an entire army. Here's the amazing thing. He wasn't afraid or discouraged because he had heaven's perspective. When we have heaven's perspective, we'll always see an enemy who's badly outnumbered. We'll always see an enemy who's badly outnumbered. He, he wasn't discouraged. He wasn't fear, fearing because he knew the enemy was badly outnumbered. It says in 2 Kings chapter 6, 15 and 17, it says, Now when the servant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, At last, my master, what shall we do? His servant was terrified. Like, what, what are we going to do? This don't look good. So he answered and said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha saw an enemy who was badly outnumbered. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open the eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When you take on heaven's perspective, you will no longer have to live in fear and discouragement. Would you stand with me this morning? Amen. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you're taking us into a new season. And God, we are just bold enough to expect blessing in this next season. We're bold enough to believe that we're your favorite, that we're loved wholly and completely. And God, I just pray today that every stronghold, every wrong pattern of thinking that's keeping us from experiencing all the blessing that you have or, or, that, or that would keep us from sustaining it is breaking today in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray that you're taking us from unworthiness into worthiness. I just pray every spirit of unworthiness Every false identity is just dropping off right now in Jesus' name. Every unworthiness coming off right now in Jesus' name. And God, that you're imparting worthiness. You're imparting identity today. God, we just pray that you are renewing our minds, that our old mindsets are coming off. God, that in this new season, you're renewing our mind so that we have joy, so that we have peace, so that we can sustain everything that you want to give us. 
And Father, we just pray that we're exchanging an earthly mindset from that mindset of being seated in heavenly places with you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. God, we're in awe of you. Let our minds be renewed by just knowing how good you are. Just knowing how great you are. Just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have my wife come up and close us out this morning.